Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Standard Definition, the retro nostalgia podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. I am your host for this series, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the the party dude, that retro code, Eddie B. Uh, I want some Domino's pizza right now. <laughs> this is a 10. The tab 13. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that. I was just like, uh, just the way that the pizza man just slid the pizza at the bottom and Michelangelo put the tin on his up. <laughs> just like, oh, wow. I know. Hello, everybody. Uh, also joining us is probably one of the biggest TMNT fans I know. Yes. The one, the only master himself, Lamont Reed. Yes. Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, indeed. Now I'm thinking about the Domino's pizza. When Leonardo cu- cut up the pizza in slices and that, that pizza, oh my God, it looks so good. But not on Splinter when it landed on his head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, just thinking about that. And of course, when we got to Domino's, the place was packed and uh, we didn't get any. But, you know, hey, I didn't care. It was just, it was a magical time just seeing that movie seeing all, all the movies well, well the third one I, we'll, we'll get to that later yeah. but yeah <laughs> yeah so uh if you couldn't tell everybody we are this is uh we're starting a new series here on standard definition we are watching and ranking every alive well every ninja turtle uh i would say big budget movie uh so there's six movies, so you have the original three movies. Uh, uh, the original TMNT that came out in 1990, uh, Secret of the Ooze, Turtles in Time, and then you have uh, TMNT 2007, the animated movie, which kind of serves as a pseudo-sequel slash reboot slash nobody really knows, but whatever. By the way, that movie, not great. But the fight between Leo and Raph in that movie, yeah, is yeah. top tier turtles. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I uh, agree. Yeah, and then uh, we're also going to do the uh, two uh, Michael Bay produced Ninja Turtles movies as well, which uh, I think some of us have. Uh, I would say more positive opinions on those movies than most people. It's also, it's also me. Uh, I it's, uh, it's, I really like the second I, movie. I love the second one. I really do. I I I keep telling Corey that part where they're in the bike and they're riding and then they all expand. Just that shot is just mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I also like the first the first one. Like when they're beatboxing in the elevator, that seems kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna yeah. talk about the 1990 original uh the highest grossing independent movie of all time uh distributed by new line cinema uh with the help of the jim henson company fun fact this was the last movie jim henson worked on before he passed away uh and Mm -hmm. he did not get to see the final film which is sad but all the suits all the costumes uh were designed and puppeteered by jim the jim henson company uh, the turtle masks were all uh, remote control, electronic masks. Uh, 
it w- this was quite the feat of an independent movie and uh it's very good uh there i i don't know if i have really any problems with this movie just kind of overall thoughts in general uh and and i know i know i'm a big ninja turtles fan but i do like a lot like a lot of fandoms comes a lot of criticisms from fans right but this first movie at th- this is one of my f- this is on any given day this is probably my favorite movie of all time i'm just gonna throw oh, it out there it's <laughs> it's it, it it flops between three movies right it's this movie it's toy story one and it's uh indiana jones and last crusader like my three favorite movies it's like one abc and they can all flat flat places depending on my mood for that day uh, nice. wow. and man watching this again today like i i don't i don't i couldn't i i like i was looking at it critically probably for the first time since we did the uh movie commentary ed back on ngr yeah. right and like man i don't know if there is really anything wrong with this movie i i, I can say there the one thing that i think i find wrong with this movie is just more of the lighting there's some parts that's just like, man, I really wish that this part was lit better. But it's supposed Everything. to be dark. Like that's the thing. This movie is this yeah. movie is not based off the cartoon, right? This was this was based off that first comic run. Yeah, you know? I understand. I understand the dark and greenness and grittiness that they're trying to go for. But there was times that it was like way too dark. Like when I, I was looking at trying to see Shredder and everything. Um, and, I, and and some of the Foot Clan stuff, and I'm just like, man, they could have lit this a bit better. And I understand to make Shredder more mystical and everything, but mm-hmm. I, I think it was just there were some areas that, man, they they had they could have just added some more lighting to <laughs> brighten up parts of it and stuff, but while still being able to give that mysterious look to it. Yeah, I mean, I I get it, but it's funny uh, you said that because. This is the first time I actually thought about that, the lighting. Um, yeah, I, I probably, I, I, I could have saw maybe an improvement of just a little lighting, just like just a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. I also think you got to look at it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I also think you got to look at it from it being filmed in 1988 also, right? Where like every yeah. single movie was dark, right? You look uh, at Terminator, yes. you look at Alien, you look at, you know, uh, even stuff like Rambo and Rocky and, you know, movies that weren't supposed to be dark are still just dark because I think it was just the time. But I, I like it being dark. I think, uh, this is, I want, I want a video game based off of this Ninja Turtles. Just throwing it out there. So I think they, they, uh, made, well, it was uh, more of like a modded game with the, you know the the turtle look. I mean the other mm-hmm. models. You know or whatever. Um, I think a PC. It was a PC game. I forgot the name of it exactly. I I just saw it not long ago. Wasn't the greatest looking game ever, but that was like the only game I saw. I gotta look that up. Uh, I think it was called Mutant Madness or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was white and black. I mean you. I mean, so of course all the turtles pretty much look the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, but, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean Ninja Turtles uh 
really just a, a a great movie. Let me let me open this up. I didn't open up what I wanted to. That was my fault. Uh, so obviously, this uh movie, ind- the highest independent movie of all time. Just a general thoughts and ideas, guys. What uh L- Lamont? I'll I'll start with you on this. Uh, what? What do you what what are your initial like what are your thoughts on this movie? I mean, I know you're a huge Ninja Turtle fan like me and like I already kind of gave mine and said, you know, this is like one of my favorite movies of all time hands down. But what I mean, what are your thoughts of this movie? Um I I'm pretty much like you. This is this is the perfect Ninja Turtle movie and I I remember do you all remember the very first time you actually sat down and watched this movie? Yeah, I was in the movie theater the day that it came out. The day it came out? The day that it came out. uh, My mom got home and she took me and my brother and we went to the 430 show uh, to watch it with a whole bunch of other kids. So we sat there um, watching this movie. Uh, Ninja Turtles, and we were just like excited to be seeing it because we were big fans of the cartoon. We didn't yeah. have none of the toys, but when we seen that they was coming to this movie, we were more interested in seeing it. We didn't know who produced it. We didn't know, uh, like who was like the director, any of that. We were just like, this is Ninja Turtles. We're in the movie theater with a whole bunch of kids. It didn't matter race or anything, nothing like that. Everybody was there to see Ninja Turtles. And I remember being on the right side of the movie theater in the midsection, able to see everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I remember I remember going to the theater to see this movie. Uh I so we had my parents never really took us to like the real movie theater. It was always they we had we used to have like a dollar theater, like for second run f- movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember going I, I remember going to see this and I remember when Raphael says damn for the first time in this movie <laughs> and my like, cause like my mom, like she bought me the toys and stuff. Right. Because I was super into it. And man, I, I wish I had some of my toys here because like I, I out of everything that I've ever collected, Ninja Turtles is the most that I have. I have something like 200 and something Ninja Turtles. I have the sewer. I have the van. I have the, uh, weird shredder, like, uh, convertible car yeah the only oh yeah i i didn't get that one yeah the only thing i never had was the technodrome my friend had the technodrome yeah i had the blimp but it popped and i had to like throw uh, it away. no but also i have i have the van but the swinging door snapped off and it gets it's wrapped in masking tape to stay on <laughs> uh but i remember going to see this and i don't think my mom understood that this movie was like not the cartoon i think she thought she was taking me to go see the cartoon <laughs> and it's definitely not but like i just i remember seeing this in the theater and really just like i was like almost scared because uh it was i think it was probably like i don't know 1991 i was like four or five right like it, it was just I don't know, man. There's something about this movie and like the fact that I saw this and then we would go to Disney World and they had the Turtles at Hollywood Studios at the time oh, yeah. because they had that partnership with MGM who owned mm-hmm. the Turtles at the time, like the cartoon rights and stuff. And 
I would there turtles were everywhere and I loved every minute of it. And I don't know, man. This movie is just it's it's really it's something special. I I so, truly think this movie is special. It's the equivalent of the Transformers movies back in the 80s. Transformers was really big and another series we have to do at some point. And and when you watch yes. that when you watch the animated movie, because like Transformer Toys was everywhere. The cartoon was like it was kind of probably like one of the number one cartoons that people that kids were watching. Mm-hmm. And and um, and when the movie came out, just like Raphael saying, "Damn," um, that same word was used in the Transformers movie animated, and it's a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. never yeah. thought that it will that that would happen, and. Um, you you just don't pay attention. I guess you just don't realize that this is to some people a cuss word and everything. But kids don't understand understand that they want to see that action. They want to see their favorite mm-hmm. uh, character um, in this film ad- adaptation of their favorite series. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh... <laughs> I remember when I heard Raphael say that for the first time. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, oh, because, you know, everyone's used to Raphael, the sarcastic, sarcastic, you know, he's <laughs> not joking around all the time. And... Yeah, he's not like that in the cartoon. He's like the silly right. one. You know, I mean, I mean, they're all kind of silly in the cartoon, right? They uh, yeah, rat- and, and like when uh, I mean, I, I think I was probably like the loudest person in that theater. I was like, like, oh, my God, Leonardo. My sister kept telling me, "Yo, shut up!" You know, because her boyfriend actually surprised us to to see the movie. Uh, he had a van, and we were just, you know, riding. He said, "Well, let's go to see the movie." I didn't know what I was going to go see, and we got there, and he showed us like, "Oh my god, yeah!" You know, so we get there, and um, <laughs> let me see. There was a part, yes, when we finally see Shredder, the entrance. I nearly wet my pants. I, he's I mean, scary I was, in this movie. He's Shredder not was scary. Yeah, he's because not scary to me. In that, you're lying. First of all, second of all, <laughs> no, no, he's not. Like, well, you look at you. I mean, when you when you go to the cartoon, like he's just some dumb. He's pretty much like a henchman for Krang at the at you know after <laughs> yeah. after that first season, right? Rest in yeah. peace, Uncle Phil. By the way, uh, like. He's he's not scary in the cartoon. He's just like a dumb '80s cartoon villain, right? He's like Skeletor, but with a mask instead of bones, right? Like he's just he's dumb. And yeah, like Bebop and Rocksteady are dumb. But in this movie, him like Tetsu's scary enough. First of all, like I mean, yeah. I mean, not like scary as an oh my gosh, I'm gonna go hide under my bed. But like he's, he's threatening. He, yeah, he's a formidable opponent. And then you see Shredder, right? Which he's like a little bit taller. A little bit bigger. He's got the helmet. You see Tatsu roll down his cape, and then you see the spiked shoulders for the first time. The costume in this in that in this movie is really cool. Like, oh yeah, it's it's just the costuming in this movie is like for me top tier. And yeah. like like it's not it's not like it's it's not like it's like expensive, but it looks it looks like somebody who runs like some creepy gang in new york city like mm. a ninja gang like something that the leader would wear right oh yeah yeah well, see I, I, 
I thought that his costume should have. Okay, I love the cape and I love the helmet, like the metal. Like, I mm. love all of that. When I actually got to see the fabric of his purple, I'm like, this is just disco. This is some disco material <laughs> that looks terrible. <laughs> I, I was, because I want, I think I wanted to see, like, I know Shredder is threatening, but Shredder should have been a little bit beefier. Should have had some muscle. Should have should have been more just like I don't know, really in your face to make you be a, be afraid of him. And I I I didn't feel afraid of him. I think it, and definitely when the when the original came out, and I was as a kid looking at the movie, I think it was because it was so dark I could barely tell what it was. In the sense, and then now watching it, watching it like in modern age and looking at it, and it's just like, oh, okay, now I know what you guys go for, but this really looks terrible. In a sense, this could have been a bit better, but I understand it's an independent were, film. Were we watching a... the same movie? <laughs> we, yes, we were. We was watching it. I, I just, I, I, I was just looking at it. I was just like, this, this choice of fashion is questionable content but i love i love the cake and i love the metal i love where where they were trying to go with the the voice i think the voice is what makes it oh yeah shredder's voice is great in this it's just like like it's just kind of like japanese enough right to make him feel authentic it's just deep enough to make him sound threatening but not over the top right like he he's just like it's just enough, you know, and I think that's what makes it great is that it, it's not like it's not super over the top. It's not super like, uh, you know, stereotype racist Japanese, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just it's just enough. And Splinter, like kind of not to get off topic of Shredder or anything, but like Splinter's the same way, but like the other direction. Right. Like it sounds just enough. It sounds just you know, uh, kind of like calm and lighthearted enough the other way, right? Yes. Yeah, so and you notice how like Shredder didn't have a lot of lines. Like all of his lines were just a half a sentence, and that was it. You know, like well, during, the, during the fight, you know, with the turtles. Uh, you know what when he says, you know, ah. So he has a name, mm-hmm. that, yes. you know, something like that. He just he well, didn't speak much. I, I love that about him. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to you got because you got to realize that at, he was uh, Japanese at that time, uh, a Rokusaki. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and because when we think of the turtles and we think of the cartoon, it's so American. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to have a lot of lines with them because he's kind of the main protagonist along with Craig in it, and because it's only Shredder in this one, when you think of an international uh, actor um, or uh, Asian actor playing it, you just think that they won't have that many lines to mm-hmm. the lift and yeah. stuff. Um, so it, I, I think it was just at that time. Um, it, depending on the actors and 
everything. Some of them be like, well, can they speak Asian? You know, can they speak American or English or, or cannot or they can't, you know, because mm-hmm. if you look in the credits in the movie, um, a lot of the there was a lot of voice uh, actors dubbing um, mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. Uh, besides uh, yeah. April and uh, Casey Jones. It's funny, too, because like when you watch the trailer, when you watch that original trailer, Shredder's voice is not there's no filter over it. He's just a he's just a Japanese man. It's not deep. It's yeah, just that you know, is like, true. I forgot about that original trailer. There's yeah. a lot of shots in that original trailer that are not in the movie, which is super cool. Like it, I'm just like that's super cool. Uh, I also think that like this movie being an independent movie mm-hmm. made uh, they got to make a lot of decisions uh, that a studio wouldn't turn down, especially in the '80s and '90s, right? And I think I think that made the movie feel more authentic too. Is that they got to use, you know, Japanese uh, martial artists as actors and not necessarily just as you know stereotypes. And I think I think, you know, when that was kind of like the original idea when Eastman and Laird were doing this. Uh, so uh, before we move on, I want to get to our pa- our patron our patreon producers for this episode uh we are recording this uh on july 8th so these are the patreon producers at that time uh like i mentioned before standard definition is a show that we kind of record in bulk so we may not uh get to you on time but we will get to you eventually i promise uh patreon is a subscription service that allows you to support your favorite creators directly uh for just one dollar you can get standard definition and after dark two weeks early. You can get the Bossers podcast and expansion pass one week early. Uh, but at the $5 tier, you can become a Patreon producer, which means we give you a Patreon producer credit shout out during this section of the program. So without further ado, our Patreon producers for this episode of standard definition are Quentin Jackson, Rebecca Jewell, Adriel Munger, my wife, Sana Dierig and Francisco Centilin. I want to thank all of our Patreon producers. I want to thank all of our patrons and I want to thank all of our free listeners out there as well. Remember all of our content remains free. We just provide some perks for our patrons, uh, you know, as a thank you for supporting us. So, uh, yeah, this is, like I said before, this is the first episode of our Ninja Turtle, uh, ranking and review, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in 1990, distributed by New Line Cinema with a budget of $13.5 million, which is a lot of money back then for an independent film, I feel like, um, and destroyed the box office, making it $202 million uh, in 1990, which is crushing it at that time. It's definitely the height of popularity of uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, directed by Steve Barron. Uh, like I said before, the costumes and the uh, puppeteering were done by the Henson Company. Uh, it was actually taken over by Jim Henson's son uh, during the last bit of filming. And uh, obviously, he kind of went on to run the company afterwards. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I kind of... 
I kind of want to run through some of these characters. Let me pull up, hold on. Let me pull up this plot first. Uh, in New York, mysterious uh, radioactive ooze has mutated four sewer turtles into talking, upright, walking, crime-fighting ninjas. The intrepid heroes, Michelangelo, played by Robbie Rist, Donatello, played by Corey Feldman, Raphael, played by Josh Pace, and Leonardo, played by Brian Tochi, are trained in the ninjutsu arts by their rat sensei, Splinter. When a villainous rogue ninja who is a former pupil of Splinter arrives and uh, arrives and spreads lawlessness throughout the city, it's up to the plucky turtles to stop them. I feel like that summary is a little bit upbeat for the plot of this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Ed's eating dinner. I think he's bored by my plot synopsis here. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously the movie starts out with April giving a news report. Uh, April O'Neil played very uh, handily by Judith Hogue in this movie. I think she's top tier April. She's, I mean, no offense. Ed, what are you doing over there? Are you like unwrapping a burrito? I wish. There is so much noise over there. What are you doing? Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, so yeah uh april is like the best in this movie she's like not i feel like she would be the april you would put in a movie today you know i feel like she's kind of powerful sassy kind of takes charge of her own kind of uh future I guess you would say something that I think people would like really look up to today in a, in a female led role. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've seen uh, Judith Hogue. Uh, she's got her own, um, I think a YouTube channel and uh, Instagram and she's, she's always going to these different cons. I got a friend who has met her and she is just the sweetest person you'll ever meet. And it, and it really shows. Um, yeah, but I, I would love to meet Judith Hold Hold one day. I wish she was. I, I wish she was on all the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess she has some other projects going on, and maybe that's why she couldn't. You know, get yeah. into the office. So, but so it, it was said that she was difficult to work with. There was a lot of complaints for her, so that's why she didn't end up in a second and third movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's a he say she say kind of thing. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. According to this report in from Variety in 2014, Hoag said she was never asked to reprise the role because she had complained to the producers at Golden Harvest about the lengthy six day shoots and the intense violence added to the action scenes from New Line Cinema for the New Line Cinema release. Everybody was beating everybody up, Hoag says. It's, it's Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Right. <laughs> uh, Gosh, that, re- that reminds me of when parents were complaining about uh, Michelangelo's nunchuckles. Oh, gosh. That was... You know that you know those yeah. are banned in Europe, and he had they changed everything in the cartoon to, for him to carry a bow staff, too? Like all, and they're not called the Ninja Turtles. I think they're called like, what are they called? They're called the. Uh, oh, 
Mm-hmm. Hero Turtles? Turtles? Yeah, Hero Turtles. Hero Turtles. Hero Turtles. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why he got the grappling hook and like the new season when they get when they moved the Ninja Turtles to CBS, mm-hmm. that's when he had the grappling hook. Yeah, in the United Kingdom and some other European regions, the franchise was renamed Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles uh, for the violent connotations of the word ninja. So I hated that grappling hook. Gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I so other than like her not returning to the second and third movie, which I thought was like a huge miss for those movies in, initially, uh, I thought like I think the point where I knew she was like the best April is when she was drawing the Ninja Turtles <laughs> at the farmhouse. Yeah. Oh man, dude, those drawings are so good. I want those drawings like hung up and I know I could probably sit down and draw those myself, but like, man, those are cool. I love the I, one of Leonardo slouching in the chair. I love the one of Donatello funny. chilling in the truck. Oh, yeah, um, I, I went to um, Fan Expo St. Louis this year, mm-hmm. and I actually saw a replica of that sketch being being sold, but I've, I've already spent so much money, Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't get it, but I, I wanted that so bad. Oh, gosh, yeah. if there's a way I could get it, I, I, I would definitely buy it. Yeah. I think I it's like $100 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that part of the movie was interesting in a sense because you got all this action, high comedy, and you get to know the turtles and Shredder and everything. And the, and I feel like when they got to the farmhouse, it was just this downbeat emotion, like this, mm-hmm. like this cool down yeah. before the final showdown happens. And, Which I think was needed, right? Like, I mean, I think yeah. because, like, other than April getting kind of... Uh, you know, meeting the turtles and, you know, fighting for her job and like the whole, the whole her breaking the story and putting the cops under the, her thumb was just, just it's yeah. hilarious to watch it, even now. Right. Like it's just, <laughs> man, uh, some things just don't really change, but uh, like the farmhouse scene where, you know, we see them kind of become real people. You know, we see her being, her and Casey Jones uh, just being real people. And it's fun to watch. I think it's, I think it's a cool moment. Yeah. It's, it's something I think it gives more character development for the Ninja Turtles through April's words, because mm-hmm. as teenagers, you know, they don't really like to reveal a lot of what they're going through. And, yeah. She is the voice of everybody of the of Leo, Don, Mike, and Raph of what they're all feeling. You know, Raph just got him beaten up, so he's in the bathtub, and you know they're trying to nurse him back. Um, Leo is confused because you know I'm the leader. I was supposed to lead my brothers into a battle and everything, and look what happened. You know, and Don and Mike, it's just like, where do we go from here? In a sense. Mm-hmm. And so, because they're not able to speak it, and, and there may be film purposes or anything, um, it was good for April to give the audience that description of what everybody's going through. And once Ralph, you know, wakes up and they all come together, they kind of realize that, hey, we are brothers. This is why we need each other. Mm-hmm. 
you know and as kids you're you, once again you don't think about that it's but it's it's a it's interesting to see that they put this in the movie to be like hey you know kids i know you guys are trying to go want more of what we gave you guys in the first 45 minutes but you need to understand that with all the highs sometimes these are the there's going to be lows and you need to understand why the lows are important in filmmaking mm-hmm. that makes sense you know? because uh you're you know with cartoons you're so used to the heroes winning yeah um, no they may have some adversaries or whatever but they always come on top no matter what um but this one we got to see you know april's home destroyed and mm-hmm. Raphael getting nearly killed and the turtles getting their butts kicked and, and you know you're not used to seeing that i mean they, uh, i mean ultimately the turtles still lose right i yeah, mean it's yeah. it's it's shredder's uh, aggression towards splinter not to like really jump ahead but it's it's uh shredder's drive for revenge and aggression towards splinter that ultimately kills him or not kills him but you know makes them win but the turtles still lost like the turtles lost it's it's shredder's kind of ego that kind of you know you know forfeits him his win so and i think it's it's the switch of Splinter telling his story Mm -hmm. about him coming to america and training the turtles and why him and shredder have this rivalry mm-hmm. in a sense so when it got to that part of the end of the movie the the writers and probably the director and the team they were just like yes we know that we want the turtles to win but they a more connection and a better resolution would be splinter doing the last part of the battle than the turtles because of that history that they have Right. You know, the Ninja Turtles just like they're just a threat, but they're not as threatful as uh, Spencer was. Because with the Shredder, it's just like I mm. need to kill you because I killed your master. Mm-hmm. So to make sure that I can erase everything that he created, I have to kill you. Turtles, I don't care. You guys could do whatever y'all want to do. I'll kill y'all, get rid of y'all later. But mm-hmm. Splinter, you now became my main goal to get rid of. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think it's because of that story beat that Splinter tells. Yeah, I love the scene, that campfire scene. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so cool. Man, I you know seeing the tear from Michelangelo's eyes. You 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 know we got all these first experiences with the Ninja Turtles we grew up in love, and it's just like, wow. I mean, I love to meet the people who decided to create this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I didn't, I didn't start reading the comics until after the cartoons and the movies. So at that time, I didn't even know the comics even existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. I still and haven't read the comics. That's where it came yet. from. And I was just like, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at the comics today, um, <laughs> They're definitely not for kids. No, no. I I don't know. Have you been reading the Last Ronin? Have you read the Last Ronin? Yes. It's and a... I got, which will be on my review soon. I just got this yes. the other day. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I thought about. It. I I was looking at it 
last night. Because, uh, like, I, I want to get it eventually, but I've been too busy with other things to kind of indulge in that. Uh, but, yeah, that's really good. Also, IDW's been putting out volumes of the Ninja Turtles comics, which mm-hmm. I think they're, what, 16 volumes now? 17 volumes? Yeah. It's uh, 17, and... This version of the Turtle comics is the highest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Is it like a graphic novel? Like they put all the books together in one graphic novel? I mean, it's not really a graphic novel. It's just like they're putting, you know, groups of issues together in a hardback kind of display style book, you know. But, well, that would kind of be like a graphic novel in a sense. Yeah. I mean, it. it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool though. I like all the covers. I think the bindings are cool. I, yeah. you know what else? I I'm kind of like, kind of going back to the movie a little bit. I like that it was just the turtles and there was like, turtles versus Shredder, real simple, kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? No, no Bebop or Rocksteady. Obviously, they don't really show up in these this set of movies, but uh, no kind of dumb mutant. Uh, whatever. Like I, w- I, I like how it was just a simple story of the yeah. turtles meeting April, meeting Casey Jones. Shredder is, you know, kind of taking over the city with his gang, and the turtles just have to figure out what to do. And that was it, that was kind of super basic. I think it was the always for us. It was the fights with the Foot Clan and mm-hmm. how comedic. It was, but yet action packed, you know. Ah, that... fellow Chucker, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that battle between them, it was just like, and then it, it was funny because they would play music when one of them do it, and then switch to music when Michelangelo mm-hmm. was doing it. And it's just like, this is a dance battle, but done in a mm-hmm. kid's ninja style. And then he's just like, yeah, and the dude was just like, huh? Yeah. And then they just have that whole fight scene. But I think the I think one of the best fight scenes that happened in the movie, I think is is it Ralph fighting the Foot Clan on yeah. the on the roof. On the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was just it was just like it was very just choreographed so well. And the fight was perfect yeah. on that scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I just I think it's I think it's just amazing overall like between like the fighting core like the choreography of the fights in these giant rubber suits mm-hmm. and then people are also on the sideline like making their faces move during these fight scenes like just think about how much choreography and timing has to go into all this to make it look real and believable and yeah there's a couple parts where they miss right where like sometimes the turtles faces don't move during the fights but like Obviously, they have them. They have expressions on their faces to make it look like they're angry or whatever. But like overall, it's so impressive what they do with this choreography in these giant suits. And I know they had different suits, be, you know, between the acting and the fighting, and you know some of the other stuff that happens in the in the movie, right? Like they, I think they had something like three or four different suits per turtle with five or six different heads, depending on you know, what kind of scene they were doing, but like mm-hmm. you still have to choreograph all of that. And the fact that like when the turtles talk, 
Like, it doesn't just look like a puppet. It really looks like they're saying the words that, right. you yeah. know. I mean, there yeah. I, again, there's a couple hit or misses, right? But, like, overall, it's so impressive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think the the one thing people have to realize that in the movie, there are Ninja Turtles that, who are teenagers fighting the Foot Clan who are also teenagers who ran away. Uh-huh. But you don't think of it that way. You think that the Foot Clan are adults. Yeah. Well, I mean, sense. they. I mean, look, Sam Rockwell was 30 in this movie when they filmed it, okay? And he's the quote-unquote head <laughs> thug. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That opening scene, by the way, with the kids, like, in the, like, this nasty smoky arcade with like the skateboard <laughs> ramps and stuff and it's like so they're sitting dragon. <laughs> no like it's funny because they're they're all smoking like cigarettes but then they're drinking pepsi and not yeah. like not like <laughs> not like beer like you would think like a 15 or 16 year old would be after right like it, well, it's, it's, it's it's so adult because some adults who like smoke they drink like diet coke or something or diet it's just like wait a minute hold on yeah and like they're sitting there like when when uh, Danny is sitting there like packing the boxes and opening up other boxes. There's very clear Burger King product placement in there. <laughs> oh, let's open this Whopper box just right and have the Pepsi can with the logo facing the camera. And also, don't forget the kid standing next to him. Don't forget to take a big juicy bite and act real excited to taste it. Uh and it's it's just like oh my gosh! And then like is it, the is very this the one where where the lady get her TV stolen that me and you was working up about? <laughs> yeah. Like right at the like at the very beginning when she like turns around and the camera just moves over so slightly and then they move the camera back and the TV is gone and she like looks over and starts yelling. It's so funny! Oh my gosh, that scene's so funny! It's so funny. Uh, when I was little, I like I almost thought that was um. Uh, Esther from uh, Safford and Son. Oh wow! <laughs> <The> lady, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was her. And, and I'm like, oh, come on! Oh my gosh! Because um, we, we, we were doing the commentary. Me and Corey was just realized realizing. Okay, they stole a lot of stuff. How did they fit all of this stuff in that small little car? Like I in know. that big? <laughs> it was like, like it was like this like. Not even like a U-Haul. It was just like this white, like a white yeah. kind of business van, you know, like maybe yeah. like they had some heating and cooling equipment in there at some point, but it wasn't like a, you know, like a moving truck. <laughs> it was yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to, so I kind of want to move on. I want to talk about Casey Jones for a little bit. Cause I think this was like the f- first real, like cool version of Casey Jones. Right. I mean, I you know I know the cartoon he was cool, but this was like, you know, uh played uh by Elias uh Cotillas. Uh he's man, every time somebody brings up Casey Jones, this is the Casey Jones I think of. You yeah. know. Uh he's kind of got this kind of grunge very nineties kind of grunge look to him, right? By the way, side tangent, why is everyone so sweaty in this movie? Everybody just looks like they're standing in a hundred degree heat all the time. Why is everybody so sweaty? It it was a look. No, it was, no. This is it no, was a rhetorical no. question, Ed. 
No, it it <laughs> literally was a look when in action movies back in the nineties and part of the eighties, when you have that glistening look, like baby the oil was on you uh. and everything. It always it kind of represented that you were strong, that you had some kind of strength. Um, I get it, but like April is sweaty, the Foot Clan people are sweaty, Tatsu is sweaty, the pizza guy is sweaty. Everybody is sweaty. The pizza guy does not need to be rubbed down in baby oil. Like it's just sweaty. (laughs) Well, well, they may not have no AC in it. So to keep so them cool like in it, fan and you know spray mm-hmm. fan all over one of the characters. Right. <laughs> I could see them doing that. Um, I think I remember uh, some kind of interview I was watching on YouTube where they were talking about the characters, like in the in the in the the mass of the turtles and the body. They were super hot, like all the time. Mm-hmm. How many pounds was that that they were wearing? Like what fifty? I think I think the suits were 50? sixty pounds. And then the I'm helmet. Like, I think the helmet was like like seven or eight pounds. And it made it heavier because they were sweating in it, and the sweat well, they were was sweating in it. And the then they were, you know, obviously that they had the actors who were wearing it, and then they had the the martial artists who were wearing it. Yeah. So like you know, imagine moving like moving in these suits, man. Ugh. So I, I kind of have it playing over here to give like just give me reminders and it's the part where Michelangelo and Donatello are dancing in front of Splinter like <laughs> that's so good uh, yeah and then like when we meet Casey Jones obviously like Raphael is out on his own because he's mad because he lost his side and like that fight scene is so funny when he first of all he's using a baseball bat and he's like is Jose Canseco bat tell me you didn't make you didn't pay money for that did you <laughs> and then you know he just he, he just like straight up takes out Raphael like three separate times in this fight scene and then he takes takes the cricket bat and just puts him head first in the trash can <laughs> he, he literally just like did a whack yeah it's one of those things and then yeah. he just it's like it's he's like ah oh, because he's all in the air and they slow moding it until he falls out. You just like really yeah. wow. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, you know, Casey Casey Jones is definitely like every time he gets he gets shown off in the, something new. Turtles, I'm always excited. Uh, obviously, I think Lamont and I were both big proponents of him being in this new video game that came out, the Shredder's Revenge game. Uh, you yeah, know, not to like date this episode really, but uh, Shredder's Revenge just came out, and the last thing they showed off before the game came out was Casey Jones was going to be in it, and I was like, finally, because they showed off April, and like, to be fair, April's like one of the best characters in the game, but like, <laughs> you're telling me for four months you said that April was going to be in the game and not Casey Jones? What is wrong with you? And then you know, well, Casey Jones they, was shown off. And you got to realize they don't have a bigger cast. For the Ninja Turtles, I don't, I don't. I don't care, Casey Jones, man. <laughs> you know he's gonna be in. Casey they Jones. Just to, yes. You know they had to save that for the last reveal because they needed something to be like. You know, we want to make this game special and surprise everybody, mm-hmm. but we don't want to give you the full context of the secrets that we have for this game. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna save 
before we give you the announcement, we're going. We got one hot announcement before we give you guys the date, and it was Casey Jones. That was when my heart attack came about. Yeah, oh. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was actually this was yesterday. I was uh, looking at a interview with. Oh, gosh, was San Fran or I, I can't remember. He was part of the marketing team for the uh, Strider's Revenge. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how it was just going to be the Turtles, April Splinter. That was it. Casey Jones wasn't even planned. He was not in the original plans until um, Yannick. That's his name. I actually got a chance to talk to him on Discord a few times. He's a pretty nice guy. And we were talking about Casey Jones. You know, everybody wants Casey Jones, Usagi Yojumbo, and <laughs> Casey Jones was the number one desired character. So they ended up working overtime. <laughs> that's probably why in. the game was delayed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't think about it. That's true. That's true. I did not think about that. That Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> they, they put a lot of overtime no, just to get him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, yeah, I love I, this party scene with uh, uh, Tatsu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's because uh, he just he just gets annihilated. Like, uh. <laughs> uh, man, it's cool. But he's just like wearing some sweatpants and like this. <laughs> he's just so. <laughs> I just don't understand the outfit he's wearing in this movie. But you know. Like the top, like the top is fine, but he's just wearing like normal sweatpants, like normal '90s sweatpants and some budget. Ugh, yeah, you, yeah. You had, you, they had to work with what they had. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I, I I love Casey Jones in this movie though. He's just so yeah. cool, and like he's that perfect kind of personality-wise, like punk versus like he's like a good-hearted punk right like he just mm-hmm. he yeah. you know obviously he helps splinter out of his situation and uh you know helps donatello like him him and donatello when they're fixing the truck is so much fun <laughs> <laughs> what letter are we on <laughs> and boy donatello I, caught him a uh, claustrophobic and he was like i don't even looked at another man <laughs> yeah that joke didn't yeah. age well but you know i mean it's then it's nineteen eighty eight or whatever, right? I mean different time. Still it's still like I know it's a mean joke these days, but it was still kinda of funny when you watch it. You know, I mean it's it's like okay, you gotta look at it in the context of when the movie was made. It it it, it mm. was Oh man. Casey Jones, man. What a and then he ends up like he's like he's afraid of closed in spaces, but then he goes and tries to sleep in the truck, that, <laughs> which is even thinking. smaller. <laughs> and I I kind of feel like he was when he was like in the movie and then really wear his mask and stuff. I really feel like he was in it to be April O'Neil's love interest. Yeah, was, I mean, yeah, but I oh, think yeah. that's how often did he wear his mask? I. I think he I wore think it. I'm... I think he wore it like at the very beginning. In, yeah. yeah, and that was it. Like he wore it, and then he lifted it up. To, you know, and, and the reason why he, I think he had to do that was because of Jason for Friday the Thirteenth having yeah. the hockey mask. Yeah. 
though. And plus, this is a kids movie, and they didn't want to like oh, release it. Oh, oh. Plus, oh wow, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think. Oh, oh I forgot the, um, where he tries to sneak into the uh, foot headquarters. Uh huh. <laughs> and he pulls off, and he pulls that uh, one foot, one foot uh, ninja, and takes his costume, and you know he goes around and does this and keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, all right, I guess we should probably talk about the turtles now, or do we want to talk about Splinter first? Well, we'll talk about the turtles. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think they're, I think this was like the first time where I, I realized they were all like very distinct personalities, and like, mm-hmm. I was reading something the other day that I just like I never even thought of being as big a turtle fan as I am, but like. Every, uh, every Ninja Turtle has a weapon that's opposite of their personality to teach them how to be a more ra- well-rounded person. Or you, you know, like uh, Raphael's size are more of a defensive weapon, and it's to teach him how to not be so aggressive. Uh, to you oh. know, uh, Michelangelo is kind of wild, and you know, obviously really kind of clumsy sometimes and uh the nunchucks are like the weapon you have to be the most precise with and be the most you know kind of focused with leonardo is like this kind of mild tempered kind of soft-spoken leader and he has the most most lethal weapons the blades the katana yeah and uh you know Donatello, I forget what I forget what the reason why Donatello had a had a staff, but it was something like, oh, because he's so like into science and technology, and his staff is like the simplest form of, uh, you know, to try to bring him back down to earth a little bit and realize that he has to be one with, you know, the world before he advances. Where did you read this? This is interesting. Yeah, where did I read this? Uh. I'm gonna look it up, but yeah, I I never I never thought about that. That is amazing. Yeah. Have... Oh, oh gosh. Speaking of the weapons, I'm sorry. I'm cutting my off. No, that's fine. Go. So Michelangelo, I proved he's really the master of nunchuckus. It's during that competition with him and and the foot soldier. Yeah. Where he's. And then this is crazy, and I, I and I, I mentioned this before. I don't think a lot of people really realized what he was doing. He was spinning the nunchucks with his fingers. Yeah, and I, I think it was what was it like a cord or chains the, that were connected? There, it was. There was definitely like, kind of like a pole in the middle of his finger. Like you can definitely see it in the movie where it's like connected yeah. to the. Yeah, and, and I was like, what the. That's crazy, you know. So he's spinning off with us. He's doing this. He's like, I mean, I'm a master. You know what? What can I say? <laughs> right. Because yeah. it's because at that part, it's just like, what can you do with nunchucks? You know, you could do the movements and and try to look flashy with it because it's it's the flow of it of you connecting, and not yeah. messing up. And with yeah. Michelangelo, it was just like I've been, I've know all the tricks. I know how to handle this because I mastered it in what I've been talking. In fact, I could do any something extra that you, as a human, can't do. You can't do this. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. and just keep it and keep it going and be like, oh. I'm like, once you get to yeah. the point of doing this, <laughs> that's when you know that. Oh wow. Yeah, I sent I sent the article in the chat. Oh, this, thank you. This isn't yes. this isn't the one I read, but it's very similar. So uh, okay, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a really cool theory. It's I mean, it's never been like explicitly said, but it's been a fan theory since like the early '90s, uh, and it totally makes sense. So uh, definitely, if you're in a Ninja Turtles, definitely want to give it a read. Uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes at some point of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode but yeah uh leonardo i think is leonardo this this movie made leonardo my favorite turtle obviously like in the 90s donatello was the go-to in the video games because of the reach right (laughs) i just uh (laughs) but especially in the first nes game right where oh my gosh you got to jump up on these platforms and just aim down at these guys (laughs) that can't jump and it's oh man gosh dude using Raphael in the first game was awful I always, yeah, oh, yes. I always started with him because I knew he was gonna be dead in like the second <laughs> building we entered. Yeah, it was it was always that close attacking uh, with them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Leonardo is definitely uh, he's he's definitely a, a the you kind of see him evolve into the leader. I mean, he they very clearly position him as the leader in this movie, but you kind of see him grow into the leadership role in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially after the fight with, with Raph and uh, when they're in the farmhouse and he kind of is there waiting for Raph to wake up, kind of scared to see if he does or doesn't wake up. Uh, and then obviously he sees uh splinter spirit in the uh, kind of talk to him. And then they go to, you know, that whole fire scene we already talked about Splinter comes to all of them, but Leonardo kind of senses it first. And it's very, he's very just kind of learning how to be a leader. And it's really cool to see him do that. Um, you know, speaking about Leonardo, um, <laughs> there was this post I saw a long time ago and it was so true. Now Leonardo proved to be the top fighter because he was the only one that got a hit off of Shredder during the fight scene. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that scene in the movie theater, and I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, Leonardo gets a slice, and then that was pretty much it, but... Yeah. Man. Oh, man, it was crazy. But um, I remember, because um, there are a lot of extended hidden scenes that I, I really wish they would throw into like a DVD or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember that scene uh, where, okay, you know, okay, so like Casey and all these people come about towards the building because they're hearing all this fighting going on on the roof and you're hitting, you're hearing one of the turtles <laughs> Really trying to get some hits on Shredder. That was Michelangelo, uh, by the way. I, I thought it was Raphael, but it was Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, and I didn't know this, Michelangelo, there was a hidden scene where in a farmhouse, uh, he's he's like training the hardest uh-huh. in the farmhouse. But they don't show that in the movie, though. No, uh, I've seen that scene before, though. Because like I think there's a part where he kind of gets a little bit frustrated because, yeah, he's not like. 
I think Michelangelo kind of secretly feels like he's not as good as the other turtles, and that's why he's training so much harder, you know, and and that's why he's uh, so uh, yeah. he's so like flipping about what he says and stuff. Like he's the funny turtle to kind of hide his, you know. I've seen that theory floated around too, where like he just feels like he's never going to be as good as Leo, Leo or Raph, right? And so he kind of hides his feelings behind his crazy personality. I think it, yeah, I think it's a disconnect. It's because when you're seeing this character built uh, throughout the movie playing this kind of role, um, doing something else like that just out of the blue, and the fact throws everything off mm-hmm. about that character. Like you don't see Michelangelo having frustrations because he's like the party. Uh, party animal and unless there's going to be some time dedicated to Michelangelo showing that he's getting frustrated as a character or he's acting out saying that you know I had to stop partying and realizing it but I kind of give him a monologue or something you're not going to think about anything of that so that scene that they probably had to take out wouldn't make sense at an end because of all the stuff that Michelangelo did Mm -hmm. you know um so I I think I think even when you yeah I think when, even when you look at Donatello like when you not even Donatello Raphael when you look at Raphael you see his anger you see how him and Leonardo don't get along but when they get to that farmhouse and you see that relationship get mid is mended or something that feels real because they were at war mm-hmm. and when that when when uh, they lost and they were taking care of Raphael and all of them came together. It kind of showcased that, okay, as character development, this fits because this is a good transition. We've seen that y'all, y'all have the idea of leadership and anger and you see what the result is when each of you guys uh, executed. When Raphael thought he was a leader and he got his tail whipped. Bam. When Leonardo, you know, he's a leader, but he can't actually lead because he feels like everything falls on him. You know, instead of him, you know, working with everybody and telling them what to do and actually showing leaders, leadership, it hits him uh, Mm -hmm. in the thing. So when they get to that farmhouse scene and all of that happens, you get to see why uh them being as brothers really means something they all get together and michelangelo is kind of feeling happy that like yeah we're we're a crew we're all together what's important to me is yeah me being a ninja but my brothers are all are important to me Mm -hmm. getting you know ralph is important i'm not ralph uh splinter is important to me because you know he's kind of not only our master but our dad and so it kind of shows a character characteristics of Michelangelo to be like, yeah, I like the party, but you guys are more important to me than a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess the turtle we haven't really talked about really at all is Donatello. Um, yeah, he kind of feels like I feel like in this movie he he has like some of the best lines and some of the best moments but he's super I feel like out of all the turtles he's the one that's underused the most. Yeah, he and was. I, and I don't I I don't know if that's just because they left stuff on the cutting room floor 
or like you know him and i mean him and michelangelo have some great moments in this movie like the obviously the pizza scene at the beginning mm-hmm. the dancing mm-hmm. scene for uh, uh splinter uh the pork rind scene in the <laughs> in the apartment uh <laughs> watching obviously watching the cartoons like the tortoise and the hare cartoon is hilarious them watching it is just so stupid it's so stupid why are they watching tortoise and the hare it's it's, it's so it's it's so funny uh but like he doesn't really have any standout moments until i would say the second movie uh not to get too ahead but yeah. like i think That's the first true. major kind of couple scenes Donatello really gets by himself again I mean again he had a great mo- scene with Casey Jones and stuff but like I think the first true powerful scene from Donatello is the scene in Secret of the Ooze when he kind of like after Splinter tells them about the ooze and their story and stuff he's like really disappointed in the story because he thinks that the story should be there should be more to the story or that they're more special or you know he's really kind of conflicted about why they're how like how they became the turtles and obviously in that movie splinter says don't you know don't confuse uh being special with who you are as a you know as a person but uh obviously we'll get to that in the next movie but like i really i just i feel like donatello didn't really get his Single single turtle moment, you know. Well, it's it's because Donatello and Michelangelo were the both like they were the duo comic relief in the first movie. Yeah, it was more when it comes to individual. Yeah, but I mean, uh, even Michelangelo, even Michelangelo got his. He had like two kind of solo moments, right? Like he had the nunchuck Mm -hmm. battle, dance battle with the foot soldier, and he had the. uh, There's another moment. I forget what the other kind of big moment was for him, but like he had his sing- singular moments, right? And Raph obviously has his big moments and Leo is, is Leo, but Donatello. Was like the Don- focal turtle of this well, because, movie. Yeah. Right. Donatello yeah. didn't have nothing scientific to really speak about or really showcase anything compared to what the secret of the ooze was, mm-hmm. you know? So what if, if while watching it, if you see everybody get their moment, their moments and everything what is scientific for donatello to even respond and speak about and really gets him hyped up compared to what the secret of the ooze did you know um and i i just think that they weren't thinking about it and plus during that time nerds were you know something that weren't popular with with kids or with just popularity like it is now you know Don't forget, there's a movie called Nerds, and and that was to be making fun of not only nerds, but they were using their uh, stereotype to fight against the bullies and everything. And if you look at Ninja Turtles as a kid, you don't think about, uh, you just don't think about Donatello in that way, in a sense. He just didn't have anything scientific to really talk about as a teenager in that movie. Compared to Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I I wonder if Donatello was... Because I've noticed Donatello... Everyone favors Don... A lot of people now favor Donatello more so than they did in, in the past. 
Mm-hmm. Um, of course, everyone's favorite was Michelangelo. I mean, he was in Michelangelo was everywhere, even in that uh, that All Star special. Remember that? Oh, uh, the mm-hmm. music one. It, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. dude! That oh, <laughs> I have that on VHS somewhere, man. That you do. <laughs> I. I I'd like to have that. Um, I know it's on YouTube somewhere. I saw that. I may pull that up. Um, yeah, Michelangelo. Uh, we might we might need to do a spinoff <laughs> episode of the music special. Oh my gosh! Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let me. I got. I got. A, I I forgot what was it called. I gotta remember what this was called. Because I, I have it and I watch it all it was, the time for some reason. It was about a kid want to do drugs. Um, oh, All-Star. that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking oh. about uh, coming out of their shells. The oh, music to out of the shells. Yeah, <laughs> coming out of our shells. Oh, good movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ah, <sighs> uh, I heard about that, and then I heard the song, and I'm like. What the world is this? Is this horror film? I'm like, what, the, what is this nonsense? And they all had like sparkly costumes, and like it was just, it was like they all had like stars on their faces. Oh my gosh, it was so. And box in there. Yeah, and the costumes were like, you know how you see like the degraded costumes of the movies now. It's basically yeah. what the costumes look like here. I I found yeah. the fandom page for out of, the Out of Our Shells tour. Uh, I'm gonna send it in the chat. It's so, oh my gosh, dude! It was so. <laughs> but I watched it because I wanted to get my. I wanted to watch every single Ninja Turtles thing that there was. Oh my gosh, dude! The Shredder costume was so bad in that movie. It, it was or that thing. It... Oh. <laughs> Oh gosh, it like, really was. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna send you the Shredder costume. It was. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's so bad. The Shredder costume. It's on that page, but I I tried to send you the image too. Oh man. Oh gosh. Uh uh uh. Anyways, uh man, that's when you knew like Turtles was kind of. They had already peaked and trying to do anything they could to stay <laughs> relevant uh, because yeah. obviously Power Rangers were becoming big and whatever else 90s. was coming out in the 90s. Uh, VR Troopers, Big Bad Beetleboards. Oh Dude, VR Troopers was awesome. V- I like VR R- Troopers. VR. Yeah. Oh, I used to watch that VR Troopers faithfully. So did I. It's on Netflix still, I think. Oh, nice. I think all the Saban stuff is on Netflix now. Uh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, nice. So, what else? What else do we want to talk about about this movie? I mean, we didn't really. T- we haven't really talked about Splinter a whole lot. Uh, I. I made a funny. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny that Splinter is the one that came up with Cowabunga in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so you funny. You know what, what was? I think this is what happened with part two, um, and I think more. I made another I funny. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if people were upset, but having Domino's representing pizza in New York 
I know. And New Yorkers watching it. So when you see the intro to the second movie, and they're all eating that different kind, that long style of pizza and everything, uh, I think I, I I kind of feel like. Well, I won't say I wait for the when we get to the second movie, but I kind of feel like they really didn't use their weapons. So. And which was, we'll get we'll get to that because there's a big reason why they didn't use weapons in the second movie. We'll talk. We'll yeah. get there. We'll talk about it. But yeah, because I, like <laughs> what I'm talking about in the first one, because I'm just like, where was where was the you know, why did a lot of women get or moms I should say get upset that the turtles were using weapons and stuff? I'm like, hold on, they really didn't use a lot of their weapons in this movie. They I, they use the them a lot more than the second movie though. I mean, like the whole the whole kind of antique shop scene. They use their weapons uh, when they were fighting Shredder. They were using their weapons when they were you know fighting the Foot Clan. A couple t- they were using their weapons. I think they use their weapons a lot in this movie actually. I mean, they weren't just like punching or using you know sausage links like they were in the beginning of the second movie, or a, or a wobble clown. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was funny though. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just like I, I think I I because I didn't know why parents were getting mad about that and everything because it's just like well you know that like kids are not taking the broom handle off and using the broom handle as a bow, oh, like good. they're not using <laughs> taking their knives to use as katanas like. Uh, when you did, I, I did but yeah, okay. Ed, you're <laughs> just you're really losing this this battle here. <laughs> you're O of two here, Ed. Uh, my dad made me a pair of nunchucks. Okay, so ooh, nice. Like so, uh, side side story. Like the first weapons that always broke out of my toy, my Ninja Turtle toys were the nunchucks, the uh, Michelangelo's nunchucks. So my dad came up with this little solution to make like he would buy these rods like just these wooden rods from the store and he mm-hmm. made like 10 sets of of uh nunchucks out of these out of these rods with just a little piece of string that held them together and they were so cool I still have them with my ninja turtles uh just because they kept breaking and he was like tired of me breaking stuff so I guess he just made stuff that wasn't breaking but it was really cool and he would made like he made some donatello bow staffs out of them too that was a Man, he knows that's, that's that's right there that's pretty cool yeah right um, yeah uh, i had a, a friend i mean he was around the neighborhood and yeah he had the like two metal rods and the chain attached to it and but I mean, he didn't know how to spend i mean neither did i but yeah i mean it was pretty cool you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, man, nunchucks, man. Everybody wanted nunchucks in the nineties. Uh, yeah, after Michelangelo, um, you were just seeing them all around. Uh, they were cool, like the game uh, Bad Dudes. Oh no! Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bad dudes. Oh uh, no! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um. What where where do we go from here? I think I think we I think we would be doing these episodes a disservice if we did not talk about 
the finale song. T-U-R-T-L-E power. I think we would all be doing everybody a disservice. T-U-R-T-L-E power. T-U-R-T-L-E power. Yeah. Yes. During, during our movie commentary episode, that was the song we used to send it out oh. on audio feeds, and we got st- struck for it, but it was worth it. <laughs> uh, man. What, how does everybody feel about T-U-R-T-L-E power? And I think we're gonna we're going to rank the theme songs as well, everybody. Okay. I mean, obviously, okay. like, uh, the Van- Vanilla Ice song is next, but <laughs> uh, I I thought it was perfect. Um, and the the game, uh, crap, was it called? Ah, the Shadows for the uh, oh PS- yeah, yeah, that was playing on the uh, the intro, and I thought that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that game. I mean, I know it was I know it was pretty buggy, you know, but. I, I really wish they would bring that game back and kind of approve upon it, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I I love that song. That and uh, um, oh man, come on, Lamont, the song, the song. Uh, hold on. Well, the uh, the end of song, the the end of song for the movie for me, I didn't care for i literally grabbed my popcorn and was out the door <laughs> As a kid. Uh, yeah, like, this is what we like do it. from mc hammer was also in the song in the movie yeah yeah 9.95 that's what it was that was yeah that was, i love that one yeah the, yeah the final song of the movie yeah didn't care for mm, Ed, you're you're awful human you're fired <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll put my application in in a month or two. Oops, uh, is there anything else we want to hit on about this movie? We've been going for almost an hour and a half. Uh, I just, I just, I just think this movie is is a wonderful movie. Obviously, a lot of stuff would not hold up in today's society. Like, I don't know, kids smoking and uh, you know, running away and fighting people but obviously I, 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 like oh go ahead Gray. uh i was gonna say obviously that's a time and place thing and i just i think that makes this movie f- i just think everything all the choices they made all of the and like even the antique store felt like a real setting yeah. you know nothing felt mm-hmm. like it was on a sound stage nothing felt like it was filmed in a warehouse somewhere or and like i know probably a lot of it was but like it all felt real and natural and grounded. And that's what I really liked about this movie. And and I think that's why, like, after all said and done, this personally, this is still going to be my favorite of all of them, you know, and, and rewatching I, them just kind of reaffirm that. I think uh, for me, it's like I'm shocked that New Line Cinema actually uh, pro- not produced, but they, like they're just the distributor. Distribute like distribute this movie because you wouldn't think you know movie like for me as a kid I think the last movie that was based off a cartoon that I've seen was Transformers, um, and the Disney movies is a different universe in a sense, um, because some of their movies got turned into TV series and things like that and not vice versa, um, 
So just seeing that new line, because when you heard like new line cinema, you literally was thinking about maybe Nightmare on Air Street or some of their more adult kind of kind of films. I wouldn't expect them to publish a kids film like this. I'm surprised this movie wasn't PG-13 at the time, to be honest. I I just I just felt like I I don't feel like this is a I don't I really truly don't feel like this is a kids movie. I I think it's because of definitely with the kids smoking and stuff like there. I I believe it got away with it because of where they were what was going on with it. You know, it wasn't such a big I guess not such a big thing, but it was just like run they're runaways so of course if they run away and someone takes them in who lets them do anything of course that's going to be fitting they're they're using manipulation in this to get them to come you know to come do their building bidding but you know yes it is different ages of kids and stuff so of course they want to do what adults do they want to feel end of it uh, they want to feel like adults and feel powerful stuff. So I think that's probably what they explain to them, the ratings board of these movies. Uh, oh yeah, I mean uh, every show, especially uh, like what you were saying uh, earlier, around the time you know, like in the late eighties, nineties, um, had that um, you know, you got that rebellious kid who would you know stay in the restroom in the schools and you know smoking, you know and you know, there were a lot of those, uh, like Roseanne and, <laughs> you know, uh, trying to break into the parents' uh, liquor cabinet and uh, try a drink, you know. Um, you, you know, you would always see that uh, dynamic in the, in the ki- in kids. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I understand, though. I was kind of surprised that they showed that myself, um, but... Well, uh, maybe this was geared towards maybe teens. I well, mean, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't know if it was even geared. Like, I mean, I feel like, like I said, I feel like this being an independent movie, it allowed Eastman and Laird and their writing team and the producers and the directors to make the movie they wanted to make, regardless of of the audience, right? Like I, I, I don't think they were aiming for any in any particular audience. Cause if you remember, like the original comic book run was based off of a spoof of daredevil and X-Men, which were super violent mm-hmm. in the eighties. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think they knew the success of the cartoons. Like kids were going to see this movie, but I, I think they kind of leaned more in the other direction in a way. Right. Where like it, it, it had a good balance where, I, I, I feel like this movie was super balanced in a way. Like, it was. Yeah. It had the comedic relief. It had the violence. It had the character moments. It had the scary version of Shredder. Like, it just, it had it all, you know? And, I mean, we didn't even talk about Danny or... uh, the Dan. Yeah, it's Dan now. <laughs> or uh, the her boss. What's her boss's name? God, I always forget. Oh, uh, he was a oh, uh, 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 I really think uh, he was he was a typical white dad, yeah. and I was just like Charles. Charles, yeah, Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why Danny rebuts him 
revolts it from him. Uh, I rebelled against him, not revolt. We rebelled from him. And it was like focusing on that teenage aspect where you want to rebel against yeah, your parents that. and stuff. Now, yeah. you know, D- Danny was just like, oh, I'm going to be a good boy. Oh, I see April's purse. Let me slide this money and, <laughs> and take it over. Yeah. But that's what, that's what, and that it fits in that movie because of what Danny was created to be and everything. Yeah. They needed him to relate to today's kids. Right. Right. I, I did like the <laughs> dynamic between Charles and, and April, though. I thought he felt like a boss yeah. that, like, obviously a boss that like cared about his job and April, but also like didn't want to get this pressure from the police station. And there was like a really, you could feel like his troubled decision-making <laughs> in there. Uh, and then obviously like April gets fired and at the end gets rehired to do the big news story or whatever. But uh, like the chief of police though was just, he was, when he I was, saw that movie in the theater, I was just like, I, I didn't even pay attention to the boss's name, even though it was already revealed his name was Charles. I kept thinking, "Oh, that doesn't look like Mr. Thompson. He's too skinny. <laughs> but the chief of police looks just like he could be Thompson. So what's going on there? I, what is his name? What, I, I didn't. I was confused at that point because I'm, I'm thinking, I'm still thinking of 87, you know, Turtles. And, yeah. Well, well, uh, it. <laughs> what you got to think about Charles was barely in the movie. Like he, yeah, like, but his scenes were impactful, though. I mean, it, it wasn't like he was just, you know. I mean, he he did. I mean, yes, he. They were they were there because of the relationship with Danny, you know. But it was just like literally once, once like Ralph got his tail kick, he wasn't in the rest of the movie to the end. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like like yeah. Danny was like Danny was because he was a key apo- a key component to this movie. Did that? Nope. Was he wasn't trying to look for Danny. There's no scenes of him trying to use some kind of investigative journalism to find him. Didn't care. Your your son ran away and you stayed in the car. Well, it's you like didn't go- <laughs> Yeah. In the middle of New York, right? Which means like as soon as he runs away, he could be anywhere, right? Like yeah, huh. right. And Chief, Chief Stearns is the is the chief of police. By the way, he's just uh, comically yeah, yeah. awful. Uh, <laughs> seriously, like he's just ter- like he's just awful. Like he clearly just cares about the reputation of the police department, and not about exactly. this <laughs> crime that's going on. Right? It's just uh, but, oh yeah. Uh, and we see that in the real world of today. <laughs> oh gosh. Do we, uh, <laughs> uh, do we have anything else to say about this movie uh, anywhere before we kind of wrap it? I, Obviously, at the end of the show, we would be ranking, but since this is the first episode, it's sitting at number one. But I, I, I think this is a rewatchable movie. Like you could watch that anytime, and I think it really, I think it feels like regardless of what age you are, it, you really do feel like a kid. It makes you feel like a kid, and you yeah. enjoy everything. I mean, yeah, we have there's some there's some things you could obviously say about it that may be 
you know, complaining and stuff. But overall, I'm like, when I see this, and it's a good movie to see with friends. Mm-hmm, I yeah. will say, I think it, yeah. it enhances the experience where you've seen it with people and everybody's laughing and enjoying it. Um, definitely if you're seeing it with family and stuff. So I, I, I really love this movie. I feel like it is a classic. I really, I really do. And to and to hear that they only they did all of this off of thirteen million dollars. That's that's great. That's the impressive part because you think about like, not just like, I mean, obviously the main cast is. it's relatively big to keep up with, right, for a $13 million movie. You know, you have obviously the four turtles. You have three or four people each playing each turtle, right, because you have the voice actor. You have the suit actor. You have the martial artists. You have the uh, uh, robotists who are controlling the faces, right? That's four people per turtle. You know, you have Splinter, who's, you know, similar. April. Casey Jones, Chief of Police, uh, 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 Charles, Danny, Shredder, Tatsu, and then you have all the extras for the foot soldiers, right? And all the extras in the city. And I mean, I don't know how you pay those people or how you like, I don't know, maybe you just say, hey, if you show up, you need to dress in this costume and we'll feed you lunch or whatever. But like, you know, there's a lot of stunt work in this movie. There's a lot of choreography in this movie. There's a lot of I would say the antique store, there's a lot of set destruction in this movie. Like this is, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie for $13 million. And it's still super impressive today. Like still super impressive today. Yeah. I I feel for every young, younger generation today, because they have not gotten, they don't know the magic. Mm Mm-hmm. Behind this movie, the very first time shown on, in theaters, mm-hmm. they'll never understand. I mean, you know, e- even if even if they you know have it out in the movie theater one day, I mean that's and that's fine. You know, they can do that, but still, it'll never be that very first night. Mm-hmm. In a in a way, this mm-hmm. feels like the '90s version. I, I know I said Transformers, but this feels like the the '90s version of the Last Dragon. The Last Dragon, yes. <laughs> Corey, you've never seen the Last Dragon. You're right. Have you? I have not. You need oh, to you watch it. it. No. Oh. Look, the you I mean, it. the you the main. The uh, one of the major points of starting the show was for me to watch things that I've never watched before. So, uh, but you know, that was one what Ghostbusters, <laughs> Ghostbusters, and then that was it. Uh, all right. Well, obviously, Ninja Turtles nineteen ninety is ranked number one because it's the only one we've done. Turtle Power is the uh, number one song so far. Uh, but I think I think that's gonna do it for Ninja Turtles episode one here on Standard Definition. Uh, Ed Lamont, thank you for your time tonight. I super appreciate it. Always fun talking Ninja Turtles, and you know Lamont, we don't really get yes, to talk always. all that often, so it's nice to. Oh, we will. Nice we will do this. So uh, be here. Yeah. Uh, remember, you can find Standard Definition on your podcast service of choice. You can listen to our MCU rewatch series, our Indiana Jones rewatch series, our Disney Animation rewatch series, and everything else we do over there. Ed and I are doing Ranking Nintendo with Stephanie, uh, so you can catch all that 
and more on Standard Definition podcast feeds. You can follow us on Twitter at Standard Def Pod and at Boss Rush Network. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can also do that and watch us at uh, youtube.com slash Boss Rush Network. Ed, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at that retrico and on Instagram at that retrico and find me on Discord. Lamont. And you can also find me on Discord. Uh, you can find me on Boss Rush Network under L Reed. And you can also find us on the Facebook chat. Yeah, uh, you can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Nintendo Power Block with Ed hosting the Boss Rush podcast and various other things here on the Boss Rush Network. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. See ya.